everyone. All right. Hope you are well. This is kind of a new attempt for me uh, in our podcast. This is going to be more of a monologue. I have no one else with me, and I'm not sure how often I'll do these. And frankly, I don't like monologuing. I'm just being honest. I like having conversations, but I do want to spend some time today unpacking the January 6th committee hearing that happened last night. So if you're not in the States, um, a big moment happened for us. Um, where the the committee that was formed to investigate the January 6th insurrection, what caused it, what actually happened, they are starting to hold hearings to release their findings. And this is the this is last night at eight o'clock Eastern was the first time, or I should say, it is their first hearing out of several. And honestly, friends, it, it was a pretty. Um, intense hearing. They they gave an overview. They had opening statements uh, kind of outlining their case and what they plan on proving. And so the next uh, hearing is is Monday night. I'm sorry, Monday morning. Uh, and I'll be watching that. But I, I, I want to talk about this because for a lot of us who grew up in white evangelical spaces, Christian nationalism um, maybe wasn't a word, but it certainly was an ideology. And we have to understand that the January 6th insurrection, whether we like to hear it or not, was really fueled by white evangelicalism in so many ways. Before we get there, though, I do want to point out that that this hearing really uncovered some things that many of us didn't know. For example, Liz Cheney, who's actually a Republican on the committee, um, made a, a point to say that uh, – let me see if, if I can find the audio clip, actually. Hang on. I think I have it right here. Here we go. So this is Liz Sorry, I'm so new with this audio stuff, but this is Liz Cheney talking, and here's what she had to say that I think is really important to recognize about what Trump was saying during the insurrection. Angry at advisors who told more, and aware of the rioters' chance to hang Mike Pence, the president responded with this sentiment, quote, maybe our supporters have the right idea. Okay, so we have to understand that 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 the information we're going to be receiving throughout these hearings are, is going to be really a watershed moment. Now, this is not going to stop far-right conservative commentators and also many GOP politicians from totally trying to deflect from what actually happened on January 6th. You see, in my opinion, and again, I'm just giving you my view because I grew up in this world, um, conservative Republicans and, and a lot of conservative evangelicals have a very short memory and they don't like to put things in a historical context. So in their mind, the insurrection was, was, you know, a long time ago, it was years ago. Why are we still talking about it? Even though what really happened was from Liz Cheney, Liz Cheney's account, and also from the, the committee, um, the, the committee as a whole, they make it pretty clear that in their view and from the data they have, Trump actually really tried to overthrow our electoral process and even his own advisors, like Trump loyalists, were telling him, this is crazy. I mean, in the, in the committee hearing, they play quotes from uh, or clips from his daughter, Ivanka Trump, talking about how she believed uh, attorney Will Barr, who was the attorney general appointed by Trump, who said that there's no path forward for Trump during the election. So it really paints a picture of, 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 of a madman, of a megalomaniac. Um, trying to keep power as much as possible, even even at the the uh, behest of his own 
people who he brought in to 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 work in his administration. It got to a point where Betsy DeVos, now this is a, a Trump loyalist, okay, education secretary. Um, she and others toyed around with invoking the 25th Amendment. That's a big deal. Okay. I mean, that's a big deal. The 25th Amendment um essentially how do I explain this? I guess in, in, in a good way, but it essentially allows someone to remove the president from office if they deem that he's not fit to 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 be in office. I mean, it, it's a big deal. In fact, that is why, according to Betsy DeVos, that's why she's resigned because Pence refused to invoke the 25th Amendment. I mean, again, you have to understand this. These are all Trump loyalists, okay? These are people who love Trump, who were employed by Trump, and and Betsy resigns because they won't invoke it. So even they see the craziness. Sean Hannity, a big-time talk radio um, host, texts one of Trump's advisors saying, Trump has got to stop this. No more talk of election fraud. They knew. They all knew this was nonsense. But that's not going to stop the the, the right wing media machine from promote from promoting such nonsense. So we have to be aware of that. And again, this is a big deal because I, I, we talk about this a lot on the podcast and on our Instagram account. But there is a direct link between the white conservative evangelical machine and the media sources that they consume. And it's really a vicious cycle. It's sometimes it, sometimes it's hard to know what feeds which, but we have to be transparent, okay? They know their audience. Tucker Carlson knows his audience. Candace Owens knows his uh, her audience. Um, ben Shapiro knows his audience. They are aware that white evangelicals are the dominant consumers of their media, and they're going to push whatever they can to keep themselves popular with white evangelicals. Now, another very important thing to recognize. Last night, um, the hearing was broadcast in prime time, eight o'clock on all the major networks. I mean, ABC carried it, CBS, CNN, et cetera. Fox News did not cover it. In fact, instead, what they did was they had Tucker Carlson go live, which he normally does, they did it commercial free. They had no commercials for the hour. And Tucker Carlson tweeted, quote, we're not playing along with the January 6th show trial hearing. The whole thing is insulting. They are lying and we're not going to help them do it. This is how fascist propaganda works. There's no data. Like we have to be so clear about this, friends. There's no data supporting the election was stolen. As Liz Cheney and the committee pointed out yesterday, Trump had his day in court. He was shot down over 60 times. His lawyers even argued in certain points that they're not trying to prove election fraud. <laughs> Rudy Giuliani, who was Trump's you know, lawyer, lost his license after this. That's how that's how terrible. That's how that's how fraudulent this whole election fraud myth actually was. OK, and you can look all this up. The data is all there. Rudy Giuliani is not practicing law anymore because he's been suspended for how terrible of a lawyer he was during this time. But Tucker Carlson doesn't need to, to prove his case. All he has to say is they're lying. And people automatically are going to believe it. And that's what makes this far right media, in my opinion, so absolutely damaging is that they're not going to show a, doc, um, a documentary proving it. Well, I, <laughs> let me rephrase. They will show a documentary trying to prove it. So this brings me to another point we have to understand. Dinesh D'Souza, who's, who's a docu uh, documentarian, 
I would argue a terrible one, came out with a documentary a few weeks ago called 2000 Mules. It's his attempt of showing the election was stolen. It's been widely debunked. You can just look it up. 2000 Mules Review. You'll, you'll, you'll see them pick it apart and why it's a total nonsensical documentary. Of course, Trump had a, had, had a premiere at his house, invited people like Sean Foyt and other far-right commentators, Eric Metaxas, I think Charlie Kirk was there. And this now is the calling card. Watch 2000 Mules, even though it's been widely debunked. So again, I'm just trying to paint the picture here that we have to understand that Trump and others really live in a world that they've invented on their own. And that's a big deal because we're, we are experiencing in America this this um, author- this rise or maybe rebirth of authoritarian populism, which pretty much means people who want to rule by authority, right? Authoritarian, um, because they they are seen as like the the people's choice. Even though obviously Trump isn't, he was voted out of office. That's not going to stop someone like Trump from trying to manufacture any kind of lie that he can to stay in power. And unfortunately, white evangelicals. Were, were the largest group to believe it and to promote it. I mean, friends, Eric Metaxas, a, a, a very prominent evangelical, held the Jericho rally a couple of days before the insurrection, saying that Trump had the election stolen from him. Uh, people praying, people begging God, threats of violence by some of, 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 of the speakers saying that if, if Trump doesn't get reelected, we're going to burn this place to the ground. I mean, actual threats of violence, which, of course, now we know we're kind of prophetic. Um, regarding regarding what actually happened on January 6th. And so we just have to be honest and transparent about this. I mean, white evangelicalism, this is on them as a culture because even the people, right, who, who might say, well, listen, I'm not a big Trump guy. I don't think the election was stolen. Okay, but you still allow that kind of nonsense to be bred in your churches. That's what I don't know. I don't know how, how else I can say it. I don't know how much stronger I can say it, but the reality is white evangelicals are sympathetic at a minimum to the Trump cause, to the Trump policies, and of course, to the fact or the uh, myth, I should say, not fact, the myth that the election was stolen, propagated by Trump. I mean, let's not forget, friends, it is Charlie Kirk who is touring large white evangelical churches, who is a major election denier, okay, and believes that the election was stolen. He, this guy is platformed in mega churches, Dream City Church in Arizona. In fact, Charlie Kirk, uh, Turning Point USA, that's his organization, they just launched their first brick-and-mortar elementary school talking about, about, about how they're going to essentially teach kids the right way, uh, the, the, the right version of American history. And we, I covered this in, in a previous episode from yesterday with Noah. You can look into that there. But my point is that we cannot sleep on the fact that there is a direct connection between far-right conservative commentators and white evangelical leaders, white evangelical clergy, white evangelical um, uh, uh, churchgoers, and at a minimum, they will tolerate it. They, will, they might not like it. Well, at least all of them, but they will tolerate it. They will not make it a call, a staple of what of what they want to see changed in the world. They're too busy talking about drag queens or whatever else they think the left is trying to cook up in order in order to, to destroy their life. So I, I just want to be honest about this. Okay, the, the 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 committee hearing, the first one at least, is damning. I mean, it has clips, it has evidence clearly showing that Trump knew what was going on. And even one federal judge who said that Trump can possibly and should possibly be arrested and charged with crimes. Okay, these are big deals. Of course, this is not going to stop uh, people in the GOP, including prominent politicians, from uh, from essentially saying like, no, 
no, um, we're not going to believe this. Uh, we're just going to, you know, we're going to ignore it. I mean, for example, let me find the the tweet here. I, I saved it. Um, Representative Jim Jordan, a very prominent uh, GOP um, uh, politician, uh, tweeted last night, where's the primetime hearing on President Biden's botched Afghanistan withdrawal? So, again, what they're doing is they're trying to paint this picture that Joe Biden is the radical um, equivalent of, of Donald Trump. When in reality, Joe Biden is a center-left politician, okay? Nothing even close to Trump. And again, we have to be clear, Trump tried to literally overthrow our election and encourage his supporters to hang the vice president of the U.S. I mean, that is, that's a big deal. And obviously, um, the withdrawal of Afghanistan is also a big deal. I completely agree, and we should handle that correctly. But we're talking about two different things right now. So listen, I'm not going to talk too much longer. But I wanted to come on and, and, and just kind of explain how I'm seeing this, what I'm thinking about, where I'm at with all of this. And I think a lot of us might be kind of stuck now, right? Because we we went have friends or family or pastors who are just fully in the tank for this narrative that, that the election was stolen. And then they're going to see these hearings and they're going to kind of follow the conservative media's perspective of it's a bunch of nonsense. Ignore it. How do we deal with those people? Honestly, for me, at this point in my life, I, that that is a line in the sand. If you can't recognize that the election was not stolen and that Trump was lying, I don't know if I can have a good faith dialogue with you. I'm not going to dehumanize you. I'm not going to call you names, but also I cannot engage because what is there to engage about? We are living in two different realities. Two different two different realities. I can prove to you how the courts shut this down. I can prove to you how Trump's own lawyers said consistently that, that 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 they're not arguing that the election was stolen. I can prove to you how how the whole Dominion voting system being rigged was a bunch of nonsense. I can prove that to you. And all people can say in response is more rhetoric talking points. Oh, well, 2,000 mules, why they debunked already, of course. But my point is to say is that all they can do is, is really tow the conservative narrative that, no, it's a bunch of nonsense, or go right to whataboutism. Well, Joe Biden. Joe Biden this, Joe Biden that. And that's fine. I'm all about critiquing Joe Biden, okay? I don't like Joe Biden. I'm not a huge fan of Joe Biden. I think we can survive with Joe Biden, but my God, he's not changing the world. He's not giving us affordable health care. He's not, he's not um, closing the wage gap. He's not propping up um, the BIPOC community and giving them better ways forward um, after decades and hundreds of years of systemic oppression, okay? So Joe Biden, for me, it's he, he's honestly a joke in a lot of ways. I mean, I think he's more sensible than Trump. I think he's more of a heart than Trump. I think he's willing to be more honest than Trump for sure. But I don't think he's some revolutionary. OK, so I'm fine with that. I don't have a problem critiquing Joe Biden. No problem here. Go for it. Yes, let's critique the, the withdrawal from Afghanistan and also what led up to it. Fine. But but can we also acknowledge that maybe even more importantly, a sitting president propped up by Christianity the religion that claims to have the truth and, and the people who sit in that religion who claim to have the moral high ground. Can we at least admit that 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 Trump was one of the most immoral, unchristian presidents in our lifetime? And yet a very powerful group of white conservative evangelicals did their best to gaslight us, trying to convince us that, no, 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 you don't get it. This is actually a Christian candidate. This is actually what we need as a country. This is what this is God's doing. God instated Trump. This is a biblical thing. Trump is a new Cyrus. Can we please admit that was a bunch of BS? That was a bunch of nonsense. 
That's a bunch of garbage. And what that actually was, was white evangelicals doing their best to maintain power in a country that they think ultimately is theirs and no one else's. And that's why I say Christian nationalism is such an important fuel. Now, they didn't talk about that term at all at the at the hearing last night. I hope that they do. I wouldn't be surprised if they don't. But, but my God, we will continue to sound the alarm that Christian nationalism, the belief that America is a Christian nation, has always been a Christian nation, and that specifically conservative evangelicalism has to reclaim America for God. Okay, that idea is fueling what we saw on January 6th. It fueled Trump being elected, and Trump played off of it. Trump spoke to Christians. He said he'll give them their power back. Now, to be clear, they never lost their power, but he played into this this myth that because other people of other ethnicities, races, religions with different worldviews were, were, were getting some, maybe potentially some equity or, or we were t- being taught to make room for those people, that suddenly to white evangelicals seemed like they were losing power. And so because of that, Trump played on that fear really well. And that's why he got the both the conservative evangelical vote, the reformed evangelical vote, and also the charismatic vote. And that charismatic vote played a big role during the, um, the 2020 election because these prophets quote unquote, I'm using air quotes here. These prophets, right, were all of a sudden prophesying. Oh, thus says the Lord, Trump, Trump will be elected again. I mean, it's it's all a bunch of nonsense. And of course, they've never recanted that. They, they've never, they have not, well, I should say most, I think one or two have said that they're sorry, but most have not acknowledged that what they were saying for months was a bunch of nonsense. So I just want to paint this picture for you. You know, how do we resist this? I think ultimately we stand with uh, by not dehumanizing this group of people, but also acknowledging that 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 data and facts and and actual events that happened do not stand a chance against dogma for them. They are dogma driven. And so they're not going to be convinced by data. If that was the case, QAnon wouldn't be such a big deal in these circles, even though it is the Q, you know, the QAnon conspiracy, for example. So, so they don't rely well, or I'm sorry, I should say they don't they don't use data that often, unless of course it supports a certain narrative that that they want to promote. But I would not be surprised if this does not move the needle at all in the circles that it must move the needle in. I wouldn't, because they've already. Um, have they've already made the decision to, to believe that that Charlie Kirk, Ben Shapiro, Sean Hannity, you know, that Tucker Carlson are more trustworthy than anyone in the quote unquote mainstream media, or as Rush Limbaugh used to call it, the drive-by media, right? So, so we're, we're, what's happened is over the past two or three decades, what we've seen is is we're seeing the fruit of what decades of of rhetoric leads to. It leads to a mental block in someone's psyche where they can't acknowledge that we have evidence that a sitting president tried to overthrow the U.S. government. So I don't know what the future holds. I'm not sure if if these hearings are going to actually move the needle. I don't think that that, that they will. I do think that the U.S. will continue to get more partisan. Um, I, I, I don't see... Um, a, a path forward right now. Um, there's just too many things at play. Um, so anyway, it, it, it is what it is, you know. Um, and 
I wanted to come on and just kind of break this down for you because I am following this closely. Uh, as new evangelicals, we want to do our best to resist Christian nationalism. We're super outspoken about it, but we also don't want to become the very thing we're trying to fight against, fundamentalists all over again. We're not trying to dehumanize people because we've been de- uh, dehumanized against. We have to find better paths forward. And I believe those paths, those paths forward involve inviting people into a better way of life if they want it. But I can't force someone to see that the election wasn't stolen. You know, if that's the if that's the belief you want to hold, no amount of evidence, video, quotes, data, rulings are going to change that for them. All we can do is do our best to have an open posture of whenever someone that you might know is ready to talk and ready to maybe see things a little bit differently, that you're there with open arms and, and, and that you haven't totally burned the bridge um, because of our own rhetoric, right? We want to be as firm as we can. I mean, we do want to draw the lines that we that we need to draw, but also we want to have a posture that says we want to talk if you're willing to have a reasonable conversation. And I'm sorry, but trying to convince me that the election was stolen is no longer in any way, shape, or form for us part of a reasonable dialogue because the data is overwhelming. The election was not stolen. Joe Biden is president. And that's just the fact. That's the sound of me prepping the grill with Reynolds Wrap. And the sound of me not doing dishes. And the sound of me spending more time outside with my family. Easy prep, cook, and clean. Make time with Reynolds Wrap. I like the sound of that.